You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back. From a two-week hiatus, we're back on the Go On Stand podcast. I'm back from vacation. This is Jackson Caldwell. That is Kobe Reed. Round one is over. Uh, did you survive last night? Like, how was it? Oh, dude, I was so excited. Just seeing, seeing Bryce Young's name and then Will Anderson shortly after, that was everything I wanted it to be. And <clears> then <throat> Georgia Tech, Alabama, Collision, Jameer Gibbs, everybody's proud of that kid. Top 12, my guy? Top 12. I, yeah. I, that, he deserves it. And I, we'll get into our, our surprises and whatnot here in a little bit. But I, that that one, it took me off guard. I mean, I, I had, you know, I had some stuff written about Jameer Gibbs ready to go. But, you know, I, was, I wasn't expecting that at all last night. But congrats to him. Going to go to a team that's really looking to make the playoffs this year and going to push to probably try to win the division now that Aaron Rodgers is out of there. But – We'll get into our draft takeaways. Um, it was a wild and crazy night as expected, but a couple quick notes here. Um, you know, you know, I was going for a week, but you know, there's been some transfer portal entries for Georgia Tech. The most surprising one was today. Um, defensive tackle Aquilo Stone is going in the portal, and that's surprising because one, he was a captain for the spring game. Uh, he won the Outstanding Defensive Lineman Award after the spring game, and he was a big he, – he had a really standout spring, and he was uh, going to be a big part of the defensive tackle rotation. He decided to enter the portal. Uh, right before we started recording this podcast, I got that typed up. Go check it out at allyellowjackets.com. Um, yeah, that was that was totally unexpected. There's a lot of basketball stuff going on, too. Damon Stoudemire is – he is portaling, to say the least. Um, so be be sure to check that stuff out. And Keon White's gonna go sometime tonight. I was I was hoping he'd go last night, but uh, didn't happen. He, you know, now the the streak's gonna continue for a little bit. Tech has not had a first round pick since 2010. Can you tell me who were the two guys picked in the first round? They had two first round picks in 2010. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Can Kobe Reed name them? Oh God. Was it DT? Yep. Mary Thomas? Yep. Okay. The other one was a defensive end. Oh, shoot. My bad. Hold on. And, yeah, yeah. so it – uh, You said it was a defensive end? Defensive end. Mm. Still in the league now? Nope. When they retire? A few years. It's It's been a few years. He, he had a good career, though, in the NFL. Uh, you're gonna have to give it to Derek me. Morgan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, old Tennessee Titan. Yeah. Golly, dude, we're getting old. Man. <laughs> Jesus, we're getting old. <laughs> it, it's been a minute. That's what I thought last night. Like Demarius Thomas, rest in peace, yep. and uh, Derek Morgan. Yeah, it, it feels old, but yeah. So we're gonna have to wait a little bit tonight. I, I I think he'll go off the board pretty early tonight. Like I've got my Falcons shirt on. I'm amped about what they did last night. I've got my fingers crossed. He falls to 44 just selfishly. I'd love him to stay in Atlanta. Um, but I guess let's, let's dig into to last night. And it's kind of been for like the last two weeks, it's kind of been, okay, Bryce Young's going to be the number one pick. We all kind of knew that going in. You know, there was – when the trade first happened, there was – C.J. Stroud was pretty heavily involved there. There was some weird Anthony Richardson, Will Levis stuff. I think that was probably just stuff. 
Um, now looking back on it, knowing what we know now. Yeah. But Bryce Young was the number one pick. I think it was a correct pick. I, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one. As an Alabama guy, you might. I just think he was best player, best quarterback in the draft. You move. Also, the- I think I think that was the best situation. I- yeah, for any quarterback needy team. Yeah, you're talking Frank Reich is a good QB coach, at, and I know that the Colts struggled past years, but I don't think it's indicative totally of what Frank Reich is as a coach. You got Miles Sanders in the backfield. You got a young offensive line that can get better. Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, like a very good defense. We talked about it on our draft preview, like. This is much better than – not that C.J. Stroud can't be successful with the Texans, but he is going to have more of an uphill climb than Bryce Young is. So, I, to me, it was the right pick. I don't know if you got any more to add about uh, the Alabama star going number one. Oh, man. I think – great pick. Fantastic mm-hmm. pick. And what they have set up right now in Carolina, I like it. I like it a lot. You got a young offense to build around. You got you just brought in a guy like Miles Sanders. You got wide receivers like LaVisca Chenault. Uh, defensively, you got young guys like J.C. Horn. You still got Dante Jackson. You got a bunch of guys on the defense side of the ball that can make plays. I like it. And in this division, that division is kind of up for grabs. At this I was going to say, like, it, there's always a couple teams that go worse to first. You look at the Jaguars last year, they, there's usually a team – why I can't like the Panthers were not the worst. I was a Falcons last year, but I don't think it's crazy that the Panthers win the division. I think it'll be like they win it with nine or ten wins. But if you told me the Panthers won the NFC South and Bryce Young was offensive rookie of the year, I'm not gonna call you crazy. I think it's unlikely, but it's not crazy. Yeah. Um, then we did have the Texans. The, the past week has been kind of wild because it was. Well, Texans, they're going to take a pass rusher, and they're going to pass on these quarterbacks. They're going to wait. Caleb Williams is in next year's draft. They don't love these quarterbacks. Hey, D'Amico Ryan sold that, dude. And he did. And then it was about 30 minutes before the draft started, the sports book odds shifted to minus 2,000, C.J. Stroud, number two pick. And then they were taken off the board completely. And that's when I kind of got the sense, oh, that they're going to C.J. Stroud. And I'll say this. Part of it somewhat feels like ownership. Maybe did they step in at the last minute and said, hey, we're not screwing around with this quarterback thing anymore. We're taking C.J. Stroud and avoided the crazy. Um, But then the Texans not only had the second pick, they traded from 12, um, and I don't have all the details in front of me. They went from 12 to 3 to get Will Anderson, and I'll let you speak more on it, but I think Will Anderson's great, best defensive player in the draft. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have made that trade. I just with the the Texans are a team that they, you can't name me a position that they don't need outside of quarterback at this point. And it's just teams like that unless you're trading up for a quarterback, I just don't like making those types of trades because it's not like Will Anderson is the last piece to the puzzle for a Texans playoff push. It's just that's not what this is. Texans are probably 2 years away from trying to make a push to go to the playoffs. And that's just why I wasn't a big fan of the deal, but I love the player. Like, you can't go wrong with the player. Yeah, and let me ask you this. Do you know who C.J. Stroud is represented by? No. He's represented by the same people that represent Deshaun Watson. Do you think that's going to be an issue in Houston? No. I I don't think so. Like, it, it, uh, agents – Present a lot of the same people. Like, it, it, is it a little? Is it a weird coincidence? Sure, but I don't think it's anything that I would worry about. Yeah. As far as Will Anderson, is he worthy of being a top three pick? Absolutely. I think you could make the argument he's the best player in that draft. If we're being yeah. honest, but 
if you're the Texans and you got so many holes on that team that you have to fill, giving up multiple draft picks. I mean, if he's your guy, yeah, if he's your guy, then all respect to D'Amico Ryan for making that happen. Uh, I love the Alabama connection. I love all that. The storyline's great. I I love the fact that like they're gonna try and get their new JJ Watt back in Houston. And I love I love everything about it. I know they're gonna get the best out of Will Anderson. I mean I'm not worried about what he's gonna do on the Texans. But there's a lot there was a lot more needs in that organization than just Will Anderson. But also he's kinda he's one of those players that's like, okay, do we give up all this to go get him? Or do we watch somebody else in the AFC draft him? Like, okay. it's kind of a pick your poison. So I think it was – I think value, it was a good pick. Um, definitely worthy of top three. But giving all that up for him just kind of – it makes you scratch your head a little bit. But they have a vision. D'Amico Ryans has a vision, so I'm going to trust it. But moving on to that number four pick, we beat the Will Levis hype. If y'all – who's ever been watching the goal line stand since last – July, August, when we started this podcast, this you might have thought this was a Will Levis hate show. It's it's not. I mean, it's not. But also, he's not a top five pick in this draft. Come on. If you watched college football as much as we watch college football, I cover college football. There's just and again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's just if you watch, he's just not a top five pick. If now, I think I if I hope I don't think the Falcons will do it. But if, if you're a team in the second round. I'll take a chance on him in a second round. He's got the he's got some tools you can work with, but if you take somebody in the first round, you need them to to be take somebody a, top five, baby. right? Like it, that's thing. And even if somebody traded into the the first round at thirty or thirty one, like there was, I, I know the Eagles and Chiefs GM said they took a lot of calls. I'm assuming it was for Will Levis, but they decided to stick with their picks and stay. But yeah, I. I don't love Anthony Richardson. I, I like him better than I like Will Levis. I do. I see. I see why people like Anthony Richardson. I, I think there is there is a lot to like there, and I do think Shane Steichen is. He had a really good year uh, calling that offense with the Eagles last year. Now him and Jalen Hurts are not the same player. You know, you're going to have to make some adjustments. And the thing I wonder is is he going to be starting sooner than we thought? Because like, is Gardner Minshew really going to start for a long time here? Like, I, I don't know. Like. I think Garner Minshew starts the season. I think you got to be as patient as possible with Anthony Richardson. He is the epitome of a boomer bust pick. Like, yeah, it's, here's the thing though: is like Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, was surprisingly not fired. Along with that whole crew, Frank Reich and crew, he's made some really poor decisions. You know, desperate people make desperate measures, and he he could you know, try to throw Richardson in there and have his influence and put him out there sooner or later. That would be something I'd be worried about. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think Minshew will probably start. But that was the last quarterback taken in the first round. You know, we had three in the first four picks, and then Will Levis and Hendon Hooker are both still on the board. Again, they'll both go at some point tonight. I, I don't know who. I think Levis will come off probably fairly early. Hendon Hooker, I truly just have no idea because you, you see very – varying opinions of him it's sometimes really like him sometimes really don't like it's it's just uh his age and maybe the offense he played and holds him back as well as coming off an acl injury but um i guess let's get into the picks we love i don't want to start out with the picks i don't want to start out with the picks we love and 
I'll, I'll let you kick it off. You, you, you get to go first here. You know, Alabama kind of won the night as far as that. So I'll let you go first. Um, yeah. So if I'm looking at three picks and I'm probably going to take one of yours real quick, Bijan Robinson to Atlanta. Good night. What a pick. I never saw that coming, but Atlanta is putting something together, big dog. They've made a lot of offseason signs, some offseason trades. They've made a lot, a lot of changes. If we're being honest with you, if they could figure out what they want to do with Desmond Ritter, and they could figure out what they want at quarterback, the Falcons can make a push in the NFC South. Like, they can do it. I love it. And it's, I know a lot of, there were some people who said, well, they had the third best rushing attack. Tyler Algier had nearly 1,100 yards. He led all rookies in rush. I, I think he led all rookies in rush. Don't quote me on that. But it's one, the way the board fell, I thought Bijan was going to be the pick because I think there were some guys that went ahead of, of the Falcons pick that I think they would have taken instead that would feel need. If Tyree Wilson was there, I think he probably would have been the pick. Um, and again, nothing's guaranteed, but I, I think they really like Devon Witherspoon. And then obviously, if you had a chance to get Will Anderson, he would have filled a big need. That was never going to happen, though. Um, some of the concerns around Jalen Carter, I know there was some pushback. Falcons should have got him. I don't know if that would have worked out or not. The Falcons clearly didn't think so. It, that's kind of been the thing for months is people kept wanting the Falcons to take him. There's been so many insiders talk about where Jalen Carter could go, and they all – equivocally say that the Falcons were never in contention for that for that so when you get a, a talent like Bijan who is one of the best running back prospects if not the best running prospect back prospect I've ever seen and the thing is he can play slot I, I don't know the people I he the dude can play slot you're gonna get I'm telling you you're gonna get hands, where he's in the slot and Tyler Algiers your tailback and then you've got Kyle Pitts and Drake London like now it's on it's on Desmond Ritter and as a Falcons fan I hope I hope he's the guy but all we can do is wait and see like if they have enough defensive improvement and Ritter is the guy like that's a team I could see possibly winning the division and I think that's maybe more of an indictment on the division but that's a talk for a different podcast because this is not an NFL podcast but I'll, I'll kick it to one I really liked and uh, we we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think Zay Flowers is one of the best players in this draft. I think he's going to be a, a heck of a player. Like I still think Jackson Smith and Jigba was my favorite receiver in the draft, but dang it if Zay, Zay Flowers was not close. I love Baltimore getting him. I'm going to love this team all over again. I bet on them to win the Super Bowl last year. I may do it again, like now that Lamar's uh, locked up. But if OBJ can bounce back and come off this injury, Rashad Bateman is also a guy that they're hoping can bounce back from an injury. You also have Mark Andrews at tight end. Those are actual receiving threats. That's not Sammy Watkins and Devin Duvernay trotting out there uh, trying to to be your top pass catcher. So uh, I, I really love that pick for Baltimore. It's um, my favorite. It may be my favorite. Yeah, I, I like it a lot because you got Lamar. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. We're big Lamar Jackson fans on this show. Got paid, got his money. They get Odell Beckham Jr. Then they go draft Zay Flowers. That's what you want to see in your young, experienced, MVP-level caliber like quarterback. We saw it with Jalen Hurts. We saw it with Josh Allen. We saw Tua get a Tyreek Hill. We seen Joe Burrow get a Jamar Chase. you got to put good talent around these quarterbacks. You can't just – especially Lamar Jackson. Of all quarterbacks in the league that are young right now, not named Patrick Mahomes, 
you put talent around Lamar Jackson, he's probably a top two, top three quarterback in this league. I, I fully, fully believe that. But with that being said, now that you've done that, develop Zay Flowers. Don't let him become another Marquise Brown. Don't let that happen. I think, and it's going to because – Greg Roman has had good years as an offense coordinator in the NFL, but I don't think <clears throat> even going back to his days with the 49ers receivers and receiver development was never a strength. I think now that you have Todd Monken, who I think is a very good play caller and a very good offensive mind, yeah. I feel more confident in that. But uh, you got another one. You know, what's another yeah. pick that you just so, love? The next one, and personally the guy who I think is the best wide receiver in this draft, Pete Carroll. What you mm-hmm. doing getting Jackson Smith and Nigba? Bro. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You just signed Geno Smith. You got Kenneth Walker, the probably best running back from last year's class, had a phenomenal season. You go and get Jackson Smith. Dude, that offense is going to be something serious, dog. And in a division where you got to play the Rams, the 49ers, the Cardinals, you got a really good offense, big dog. You can win that division now. I like it. And the thing is – Tyler Lockett is getting up there in age. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, when he does step away and is no longer top level, or well, now you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba to kind of take over. I love that one too. That that kind of started the little run on receivers we saw. We saw Jackson Smith and Jigba go. Quentin Johnston was the second receiver off the board. I think that I thought was a I thought it was a weird fit on the Chargers because you think of him as a big-bodied outside receiver. They got two of those in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I just thought they might opt for Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers in the slot. But yep. um, Quentin Johnson is a good player. I, I have questions with him in the NFL, but, you know, that's – he had a good season. And then you had Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, all four go right there in a row. And the thing is, the receiver over under prop I saw was four and a half or three and a half for receivers drafting the first round, you had that all four right there in a row. Yep. Um, I guess let's look at a pick I love. Um, because there, there, there were so many. There was I, a lot of good picks. Like there wasn't many picks. Yeah, that you scratch your head, but there's a lot. I'll of say good. Uh, the the Steelers trading up for Broderick Jones. I thought I thought was really yes. good. There, we all thought there was a bit of a drop off in terms of tackles. You had your Paris Johnson, Skaronsky, um, Darnell Wright, and then Broderick Jones. And then there was kind of a drop off after those four. The Steelers getting up ahead of the Jets and getting a left tackle, um, I think it's a really good move. They, they've been needing offensive line help for like three or four years now. Um, and I think, I think Broderick Jones is a really good player. I just think he's going to be a Pro Bowl level left tackle. Um, for a team that's the Steelers don't miss a lot in the draft. Like they they generally hit their picks pretty good, and you don't see them move up a ton usually. Um, to see them move up, even if it was just three spots, and they're going to kick the draft off tonight. And it would be so Mike Tomlin and the Steelers to just be sitting there, and the best safety in the draft is still sitting right there. And Brian Branch could go team up with Minka Fitzpatrick and go to the Steelers. Like I bet that's what happens tonight. But I love the Broderick Jones pick just on the the main point. Yeah, one last pick that I really, really liked. Got to show love to my defensive guys. Christian Gonzalez, cornerback from Oregon, going to the New England Patriots. They lost Stephon Gilmore a couple years ago. You still, they lost uh, J.C. Jackson a couple years ago, or I think last season actually. Brother, the Patriots, you got to go sit there and play Tua and Tyreek, Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. 
You're playing some some of the best quarterbacks and passing games in the AFC, and they're all in your division. Go get you a lockdown corner, and that's what I think Christian Gonzalez is. Christian Gonzalez, my comp for him, honestly, is a little bit like Pat Sertan. Big body, great athlete, great ball skills, absolute ball hawk. I think he can shut down an entire side of the field by himself. I think that is a great pick for Bill Belichick. And one thing about Bill Belichick, any defensive first-round pick he makes, he's going to get the most out of it. Yeah. Um, for my last one, like, uh, I, just because he fell to him, I, I was never a big fan of him going in the top 10. I think he was getting all overhyped just because of his workouts, but Nolan Smith at 30, like, it's hard to argue with that just because like, you're not going to get an athlete like that, like that late in the draft. I think he was being overhyped a little bit because I think the concern with him is he was there for a long time and uh, the most sex he had in the season was four. Yeah. That that's just kind of concerning to a point. But again, you're going to a team that is extremely deep on the defensive line. They develop on the defensive line really well. Like if if he's gonna pan out anywhere, it's gonna be the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know, I, I I know as a Georgia Tech reporter, I just listed two Bulldogs as among my favorite picks. But it's just I think where they were taken and and the in the manner in which they were taken, I I think it was some of the best value in the draft. Yeah. And I'm gonna get us started. It's picks I didn't like, and I'm on still. I, I I could not believe this happened last night. It Jack Campbell at 18 to the Lions. I I just look. The Iowa defense has been incredible the last two years. He was the highest graded linebacker on Pro Football Focus. But I just at eight first round pick like at, and at, at 18. Here's the, the thing: the Lions confused me last night and. I, I love Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be a good NFL back. I I wouldn't have taken him at 12, if I'm going to be honest. At least they traded back and didn't take him at six. So, you know, there, there's that. But they they just had a weird draft to me. They could have come away with some better players than the two they did. And they, they're still loaded. Like, they have a lot of picks tonight. But Jack Campbell in particular, that struck me as very odd for a team that needs – Defensive line help. I know they had Aiden Hutchinson last year, but their interior defensive line isn't great. They had a chance to get either Jalen Carter, Kalijah Cansey from Pitt was on the board. Brian Brzee was on the board. I would have taken all those guys ahead of Jack. And I know Carter went off the board at nine, but they could have stuck at six and took him. Yeah. But either of those guys would have been fine. They could have took Nolan Smith or Miles Murphy as pass rusher. That was just that was a strange pick to me. Yeah. Now one pick that I I question a little bit, and just because. I'm not that high on the kid. Quentin Johnson. Yeah, I agree. To the Chargers, you still got Mike Williams. You still got Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's getting up there in age now, but he's still got a lot of good ball left in him if he can stay healthy. Um, but for the Chargers, I just felt like they they needed something more than just Quentin Johnson in the first round. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't they just blow like a 20-point lead or something like that? to the Jaguars in the playoffs, you need a little bit more defensive help. You've made all these – you've signed J.C. Jackson. You got Derwin James. You got Bosa. You signed Khalil Mack. And you still ended up blowing a 20-point lead in the playoffs to the Jaguars, of all people. You need you still need a little bit more help defensively. I think they could have get, gotten a way better value pick um, if somebody in their secondary or somebody on that defensive line. Um, somebody that can just add depth because it seems like the Chargers have a real bad issue with injuries. And one of their issues with injuries is at wide receiver. I mean, there was a few games where I think who was it? Josh Palmer or somebody was their number one wide receiver or something like that. Volunteer. 
Yeah, it was something like something crazy like that. But also Quentin Johnson, I'm just not high on him. He's very mm-hmm. hit or miss for me. He makes a lot of spectacular plays, but he also drops a lot of easy balls. He also uh, some of his routes he looks very lackluster. Um, personally, I wouldn't have taken him that high. I wouldn't have taken him with that pick, but that was definitely one I was I was kind of scratching my head at. But I think it was one of those things where. Okay, you got these wide receivers starting to come off the board. You need to go ahead and get a guy if you're going to get them now. Yeah, and to me, it was just the fit. Like I, I the char, I, I thought the Chargers were probably going to take a receiver, and it was just I thought they were going to take a Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. Like I said earlier, like it just fits a little bit more because how are they getting all three of these receivers on the field? Like maybe they find a way. And I'm just I'm not an offensive guru, obviously, but that did to me was just a weird fit. Um. The next one I'm going to go to, it was a trade-up. The Bills come from 27 to 25 and took Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah. And it's not so much Kincaid as it maybe it is the fit. They're, Dawson Knox is a pretty good tight end. I just – I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what that looks like with Kincaid, Knox. I thought they were another team that could have used a receiver. Um, they could have used uh, – I thought defensive line or offensive line would have been a good pick for them. That to me was a, and I know I think the rumor was they were getting in front of the Cowboys who were going to take Kincaid, but I, I just never saw a tight end as a screaming need for the Bills, and maybe it's, they just get more playmakers and, and whatnot. But that that move kind of confused me. Yep, I, I definitely agree. Um, I guess moving on to another pick for me. Let me see. Want to make sure I got the number right. Uh. The Cincinnati Bengals taking Miles Murphy. Oh, wow. Because I still think they need a little bit more help on that offensive line and in that secondary. For They need to protect Joe Burrow a little bit more, keep him healthy, and their secondary is just god-awful. And there's a lot of good cornerbacks in this draft. Miles Murphy, I think he is a great, great football player. I love him. I think he's one of the best defensive end edge guys that you can get out of this draft. Um, that's one thing about Clemson, man. Clemson is putting out defensive linemen, front seven guys, and there's probably going to be a, a couple more taken off the board um, later in this draft. But with that being said, I just don't think a defensive end guy was the pick you needed. Does it look good? Yeah, but I don't. I think you still needed to find a guy. But and also, but with that being said, a lot of the offensive linemen that you would have taken in the first round, they were gone by the time they made that Miles Murphy pick. So I understand, but also there was just bigger needs, especially in that secondary, than getting Miles Murphy on the edge. You're telling me you, you're not an Eli Apple fan? Is that oh, what you're not, saying? Not at all. And I hate I, I paid you for an Eli Apple guy. No, not a chance. You know better than that. For my last one, um, I – I thought Emmanuel Forbes at 16 to Washington was a little bit of a reach, especially like with Gonzalez dude. on the – but with Gonzalez on the board? You just talked about how much you like Christian Gonzalez. He went one – Well, I think – but there's there were three guys that I could have seen taken first uh, from the cornerback spot. And honestly, Witherspoon wasn't even one of them. I think he's top five defensive back in this class. But I thought you still got guys like Joey Porter from Penn State. You had Forbes. You had Forbes. You had Gonzalez. I think Forbes is in that upper echelon as far as defense backs in this draft. I like his game a lot and the talent he's faced. If you look at Emmanuel Forbes, I think he's probably faced some of the best receiver talent just coming out of the SEC these last couple years. Is his size not for you a little bit? No. Is he buck seventy? 
Hey, listen, you can be a buck seventy or you can be two ten. As long as you can get hands on the ball in the air, I think you're fine. Like that doesn't that doesn't bother me at that spot. I I just think Christian Gonzalez, Deontay Banks, and Joey Porter Jr., who is still on the board somehow. Yeah. I don't know how he is on the board. Those three guys to me are better corners. Um now Joey Porter going to Cincinnati, that would have made sense to me. And I know I'm saying this. One of Jack Campbell or Emmanuel Forbes is winning defensive rookie of the year, so I don't bet on him now. <laughs> I guess one last pick, and it's and it's the talk of the town. It's what everybody's going to be talking about. I guess I still have the biggest head scratch and questions about AR going to Indianapolis. It's what do you do with this kid, man? Like it's not that the, the production in college, and plus I think he's only started what a total of fourteen games in his career. Thirteen, thirteen, and you couldn't even get. 60% of completions out of those 13 games. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, it's a head scratcher. It's a head scratcher. It, it's a big risk, but it's also, we talked, we, we've said it before. I will take you back to what was it, August last year. We said, man, if AR hits his ceiling, this team wins 10 games, right? That's what I remember us saying that. And we also said it a few weeks ago. If he hits his ceiling in the NFL, he's probably going to win an MVP at some point in time. Yep. He hits his floor, he's going to be like Jamarcus Russell, and he's not going to be playing very long. Like, that's just. And your biggest argument about AR for the last year has been how can a guy that couldn't even beat out Emory Jones be considered a top five pick? That And that's hung with me, too, because I know he has his faults, but Dan Mullen to me is one of the best offensive and quarterbacks coaches. He couldn't get anything out of Anthony Richardson. So it just makes me wonder. I wouldn't have took Richardson, but I can see at least why people would. Uh, that I've I've kept consistent with that. I, I get it, but I wouldn't have done it. Just me personally. Yeah. But any final thoughts on the draft? Uh, we got round two and three tonight. But any any final thoughts wrapping us up? Uh, what's a what's a guy you're looking forward to coming off the board in these next couple rounds? Besides Keon White, yeah. probably. Uh, Brian Branch to me, I, you can play yeah. him in the you can play him as a safety, you can play him as a nickel. Like it's, yeah. I don't know why he's on the board. The Steelers are going to take him, and everybody's going to be sorry for it. I just that's how I see this playing out. I love Brian Branch, Joey Porter Jr. I've talked about him. One final guy, I'm trying to think of somebody. Um, Drew Sanders is a guy I, I still think he's he's on the board still, and yeah, he's better linebacker than Jack Campbell, I think. If you were going to take a linebacker at that spot, why I don't know why you wouldn't have took Drew Sanders personally. Yeah, I can but see it. Anybody for you? I'm on the Darnell Washington hype train. I, I am too. I'm That's so excited. Because hear me out, hear me out. What he did, <laughs> you got Brock Bowers. They used him essentially as an extra left tackle. Granted, the kid's 6'8", 280 pounds. I mean, what <laughs> I want to see him utilized, really utilized in a passing game in red zone offenses. I think he can do it in the league early on. That's the crazy part. Just his size and athletic ability. You get on the three-yard line. You got to run a play-action pass. You got him running out into the flats, into the back of the end zone. I, who's jumping with him? Nobody. Nobody. I, I'm excited. I can't wait. I've I've maintained for a while. Darnell Washington was best tight end in this class. Mm-hmm. I, I, I Michael and I'll say for all our Will Levis stuff, another guy we've also talked about being overhyped was Michael Mayer. He, he's still on the board too, and I like he's a good tight end. He's not like oh I got to go get Michael Mayer. Like he's just 
he's going to have a fine NFL career. Yeah. One one final guy that I do like, and you're going to love this. It's your guy. I think he's going to end up being the steal of the draft. Deuce Vaughn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't wait to see. Does he go tonight or does he go tomorrow? He probably think, tomorrow, so right? there's going to be a so we got Gibbs and Robinson off the board. I think it was them versus everybody else in this running back class. But I think we're going to see how we saw a stint of a bunch of wide receivers go in a row. I think in the second and third round, at some point, we're going to see a bunch of running backs get taken off the board. There's a lot of good running back talent in this class. And I think Deuce Vaughn is up in that conversation. I think he's going to end up being a steal of the draft. I bet Devon A. Chain's the first running back off the board tonight. That but, that, but we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with this. We got just a couple minutes, and this is something I hate to be brief on, but the Alabama spring game went on. It was not the showcase, I think. I, I'm not going to speak for Alabama fans, but I think it wasn't exactly the showcase most wanted to see from the quarterbacks. There was rumors that were apparently true that, that Alabama tried to go poach Miami starting quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. Yep. And get him to come there. That did not work out. He sta- he declared he was staying in Miami, which was kind of odd. But um, now Notre Dame's backup QB started last year against Ohio State Marshall before being benched, um, and then coming back in the bowl game against South Carolina. Tyler Buckner entered the portal after losing the job, to, apparently losing the job to Sam Hartman, and he transferred to Bama pretty quickly. Like that seemed to be in the works um, for a little bit. This move has me very nervous about Alabama as in terms of national championship contention because from what I've seen, I don't think Buckner is any good. Now, could he be better with the talent Alabama has and things like that? And he was a highly rated recruit. Like it was, you know, he you got to give kids time to improve. I don't know. I'm just – I'm not – I don't love this situation, but with the last few minutes, uh, you're, you're the Bama guy, so I'll, I'll let you handle it from here and then give your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's just brief summary of Bama's spring game and the quarterback competition. I think it's Jalen Milrow's job. I think you couldn't see his game really showcased in a spring game in a scrimmage because you know he's a running quarterback. I mean, plain and simple, he is a dual threat running quarterback. You can't see that. You can't really simulate that very well in a spring game. That's kind of on the field stuff. Uh, Ty Simpson, I like what we saw from him. I think it's the game is still very fast paced for him. His reads looked a little slow. Um, we had some wide receivers with some drops. I mean, we saw uh, Jermaine Burton with some drops, Isaiah Bond with some drops. I think we have a very talented wide receiver room. Malik Benson looked really good. The Juco guy that uh, we got in this class. Honestly, I'm not so much stuck on the quarterback side of things. I thought the defenses looked great. I loved what I saw, especially in that first team secondary. Caleb Downs. We've never seen a comparison to Minka Fitzpatrick. Caleb Downs stays healthy. He will be better than Minka Fitzpatrick was in college. And Minka Fitzpatrick was probably, outside of Will Anderson, probably the best defensive guy Saban's had in his tenure at Bama. Like, that's what I see in Caleb Downs. Kool-Aid McKinstry, going to be a first-round draft pick next year. Terrion Arnold, he looks like he's going into his second season starting. He looks great. Um, defensively, everybody's flying to the football. That was the one thing I was so impressed with. I didn't really care about the quarterback situation. As far as Tyler Buckner, I think that's just a power move by Saban. I think that he's just adding competition to the quarterback room. Um, I think it's Jalen Milrow's job. But with that being said, and I said this to you before the show, we watched Saban transition for a couple years into getting a dynamic thrower of the football 
at quarterback. We saw we saw with Jalen Hurts. We've seen Tua. We've seen Mac Jones. We've seen Bryce Young. We've seen these Heisman caliber seasons from Alabama quarterbacks these last four or five years. We just watched Georgia go back to back with Stetson. Don't get me wrong. I've given Stetson Bennett his flowers. He's great college quarterback. We just watched them go back to back on the premise of having a star studded defense and a deep running back room. That's how Saban won a majority of his national championships at Alabama. I think Saban is going to transition back to that a little bit because he did that better than anybody else at Alabama. You didn't need a Heisman at quarterback to win national championships. We don't need a guy that's going to air it out and give us 4,000, 4,500 yards a, a season. We don't need that. We don't need a guy that's going to air it out for 400 yards a game. You need a guy that can make the throws, get first downs, convert on third and long, the running backs we got between Justice Haynes, Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams, you got uh, Richard Young coming coming in in the summer. Running back room is deep. This offensive line looked amazing. I'm so excited about this offensive line. And then you got a defense that's really, really batting down the hatches in that secondary. If you can just get a quarterback that can move the ball up and down the field, which I think Jalen Milrow can do, especially with his legs, I'm not scared at all, to be honest with you. All right, with a couple minutes left, I'm going to hit you with a couple of quick hitters. you got to give me quick answers to. Right. One, who starts week one uh, against Middle Tennessee State, and how long does this QB competition play out? Do we see multiple quarterbacks in the Texas game? I think it's going to be Jalen Milrow. You go with the guy that's been there longer, the most experienced, that kind of thing. I think it is Jalen Milrow against Texas. Now, with this being said, when we get a little bit deeper in the SEC play, you start playing Tennessee's, you start playing Ole Miss, Arkansas, you got to play Auburn at the end of the year, You LSU. If they wanted to dabble around a little bit and give Ty Simpson some time to shine and see what he can really do in a real game time setting, it wouldn't surprise me that we have a different starting quarterback by week eight than we do in week two. It wouldn't surprise me. Yep. Well, that's as good of a thing to wrap up on any. I at least wanted to hit that real quick. That's big news, obviously. You're talking about one of the most talented teams in the country. And that, that's what's crazy is I sit there and said that I'm perfectly fine with Alabama at literally every other position. Like, there's no other gripes I really have about Alabama. It's just uh, – that's good. I'm just going to have to think long and hard about this over the summer. So, yep. round two and three of the NFL draft. The NFL draft is going to wrap up this weekend. For all, for anybody looking for where Georgia Tech guys are going to go, to, stay tuned into all yellowjackets.com. Go follow us on social media, like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. But this has been a great episode of the Goal Line Stand. We'll be back next week. Uh, this is Jackson Caldwell. That is Kobe Reed. We're out.